Welcome to Brian Health Podcast. I'm Melanie Cole. Today we're discussing living with diabetes, what you can do to manage your symptoms and really to experience a better quality of life even if you do have diabetes. Joining me is Samantha Beckler. She's a certified diabetes educator with Brian Health. Samantha, I'm so glad you could join us today. As we learn about diabetes, can you tell us about the different types that are out there? Yes, I can. The different types of diabetes all start with too much sugar in the bloodstream. There's type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes. There's a type of diabetes they call 1.5, and there's a type of diabetes called gestational diabetes. They all start with too much sugar in the blood, and they all have to do with the fact that there's not enough insulin to help the sugar get into the bloody cells. Diabetes is really about insulin not helping the cells get fed. So when we eat, our body's insulin moves the sugar that we eat into the cells and helps us digest so that we have energy for our day. Well, thank you for that. And it's really such a prevalent disease today and this insulin resistance that we're seeing. You know, people are learning more and more about it. So tell us a little bit about diagnosis. What symptoms might somebody experience if they, you know, that even would send them to the doctor in the first place? Generally, the first symptoms, if you feel any at all, would be thirsty, to be thirsty or to be hungry, to have some extra tiredness in your day, and maybe some more urination than you're used to, in particular at night. But most people who have diabetes don't feel any symptoms at all. That's so interesting. So is there a screening program for this? Is there a protocol? Tell us a little bit about how it is diagnosed. And when we get those well visits and they do that fasting blood glucose, and we've heard about that, we've heard about A1C. Can you explain all about diagnosis for us? So to screen for diabetes would be best done with your primary care doctor or with your well visits. How they will screen you for diabetes is to take blood work and look at your glucose level. Glucose is a measure of sugar in your blood and to see how much glucose or sugar you have at that one time. If they do a further screening with a hemoglobin A1C, that is a measure of sugar in your blood level over three months, giving them a really good idea whether this is a chronic problem or a one-time-today problem. Well, then tell us a little bit about if someone's gotten that diagnosis. They've been told maybe even that they have pre-diabetes, which is really our body's warning system, right? Can you tell us a little bit about what is the first line of defense? What does someone do if they're told that they are pre-diabetic or that they have full-blown diabetes? As the educator that you are, what do you tell them they need to do pretty quickly? So pre-diabetes is a diagnosis that says that you are very likely to develop diabetes in the near future unless some things can be changed. It's about the screening still. It's not about weight or height or lifestyle. It's about the blood sugar number and where it is at that time. A pre-diabetes screening would be a blood sugar before you eat, somewhere between 100 and 125. Once you hit 126, that indicates a diabetes diagnosis. No matter which kind of diabetes you have, whether it be pre-type 1 or type 2 or gestational, the best way to treat it is balance. 
balance with the food you eat, the exercise you do, and the medications you need to take care of it. Who does that? What kind of specialists? Tell us a little bit about your team and the doctors and nurses and diabetes educators that help people once they do get diagnosed. It is best to have a team for your diabetes care. And I think it starts first with having diabetes educators help you learn what diabetes is. Educators are nurses like myself or dietitians or exercise specialists that are specifically trained in teaching diabetes self-care, understanding what you need to do to take best care of you, and then working with a doctor to help with prescribing medications if that is needed still after being diagnosed. So then let's talk about what that means, Samantha. So how often should people be checking their blood sugar? How do we know how our blood sugar is if somebody is on medication or they're taking your advice about diet and exercise? How often should they be checking their blood sugar? How do we know whether it's working? How often you should check your blood sugar is really up to your doctor and you. Some people who are just on the pre-diabetes scale would need to check their blood sugar maybe once in the office every three months. Those people who have diabetes and are on medication really need to check their blood sugar at least once a day. But depending on the medication, it may be up to six times per day that they need to check. In particular, those people who have to take insulin to balance their diabetes best. And now on to food. I mean, we could really talk all day about this, but I think this is where so much of the confusion lies with people who have been told they have diabetes or prediabetes, you know, carbs, carbohydrates, the big bad word, but that's not true, right? Not all of them are created equal. Can you give us an example of a healthy diet, ways that people can eat these very low glycemic foods, foods that are healthy for us, but can also help to regulate our blood sugars. Because not all carbs are bad, right? Absolutely. At my office and at the Bryan Diabetes Center, we follow an approach that there are no good and bad foods or good and bad carbs, and that all foods can get into a healthy meal plan if arranged properly. Of course, dietitians and diabetes educators can absolutely help with that. But if you have a high sugar food that does not have a lot of vegetable or protein attached to it, it does digest quicker and raises sugars higher than other foods. So oftentimes we do look at whether you eat a lot of high sugar foods or not when you do talk to diabetes educators and doctors. It certainly helps to control it when you can understand those things. And what about exercise, Samantha? Where does that fit into this team picture and multidisciplinary approach for people with diabetes? Exercise is almost as good as a medicine for diabetes. It actually assists the insulin into helping the sugar molecule into the cells. And so it's one of the best things you can do for your diabetes is to be more active. So tell us a little bit about the treatment options for people for whom lifestyle and exercise have not worked. Their diabetes is still really not under good control because there's complications, eye issues, foot issues, wounds that won't heal. What medications and things and treatments are out there now that you're most excited about that you've seen really work well for people? Well, first, I want to let everybody know that if lifestyle and exercise management haven't helped, I want you to first make sure that you find somebody who is a resource for that. 
Talk to your dietitians, talk to the diabetes educators, talk to your exercise specialists and your doctor and make sure that you really have failed first because maybe you felt like you were doing it right. I hear a lot from people that I eat good, I eat really well, but maybe they didn't know what foods had carbohydrates to start or how to exercise and be improvement and they felt overwhelmed and gave up. So that is the first thing I want everybody to know is, and that diabetes is not caused by food and lack of exercise, but it's really caused by this high sugar level that is usually genetic and not because of overweight or lack of motivation. And when we do treatment, we really do have to think about that balance. It's not just medicines that we want to put you with. We want to have the medicines match the right foods and exercise that people do. And, of course, checking blood sugars is the way that we know if these are all working. So the best help on the market today for managing all of this is to get more information from blood sugars, and that's with a continuous glucose monitor. The continuous glucose monitors are small wires put underneath the skin that sends blood sugar information to something that can read it, like a cell phone or a controller. And that allows people to see what they're doing that works for their diabetes care. There are also many new medicines out there for diabetes care that not only help diabetes, but help people's hearts and kidneys too. Well, sure, because there are comorbidities and there's so many tools in this armamentarium of therapies. For people with diabetes, Samantha, as we wrap up, and you've told us such great information about your team at Bryan Health today, give us your best advice for lifestyle, management, even eating out for people that have been told that they have prediabetes or diabetes and why they should look to Bryan Health for their care. My best advice is to get help to see a diabetes educator or health coach that can really help you guide and meet your goals for your best health, whether it be diabetes or heart disease or any of the chronic diseases, let somebody help you is my best advice and to make goals because small goals are easier to reach than I want to lose 30 pounds big goals. And so making a small goal of walking 5,000 steps a day or drinking one less soda a day is absolutely going to help. So I guess to recap my answer, I think small goals and getting help. Really great advice for anybody. Thank you so much, Samantha, for joining us today and telling us about diabetes education at Bryan Health. And thanks to our Bryan Foundation partner, Union Bank and Trust. You can always head over to our website at bryanhealth.org for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. That concludes this episode of Bryan Health Podcast. For more health tips and updates on the latest medical advancements and breakthroughs, follow us on your social channels. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.